Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. If you don't know uh, Andy and Janine Mason, they lead Heaven in Business and just have this passion to activate business women and businessmen in the supernatural, in the kingdom. And he, uh, they both hosted the Heaven and Business Conference here this weekend. And we just received a massive impartation as a church. I just feel like we had an upgrade in the spirit this weekend. So Andy's gonna come and share a testimony or two with you guys. Y'all give it up. Okay, you ready? So thank you so much. Uh, As you can tell from the accent, we're from New Zealand, but we're Americans because Americans like welcome everybody, right? So uh, we were 14 years in Reading uh, on staff, part of that environment. And then last year we moved to Pennsylvania. So we went from Reading to New Hope, Pennsylvania. It's a location. It's really cool. So I just want to tell you a couple of things and just say thank you so, so much for what you've got. There's a scripture in Isaiah 66. There's also a song, Heaven is My Throne. You guys know it? Earth is my... And then it says, well, the song says, where is the house you could build for me? And what he's saying is you can't. There is no, there is no earthly house you could build that would contain God except you, except you. And I just want to say there's something about what you've built in this place that when we walked in and we walked through those doors, you have prepared him a place. And we feel that and we come into this environment and it has just been such a delight to minister and see 150 business people lit up with Jesus, text that we're getting this morning saying, I've never been to an event before like this where there's the Holy Spirit and business and there's no lines and it's all in together. So that's what you have cultivated. Who's the tent people? That, like stand up, you tent people, you crazy, crazy people who did church in a tent. What's that? Okay, if, if you're not, like I bless every, you, all y'all, but this is, this is the sacrifice. So when he says fire force on sacrifice, every part of this is a sacrifice. Here's the other testimony I wanna say is, and early in this year, like something like January, I was lying in bed and we've been through transition. So it's like we've felt homeless. There's a part of us that just hasn't, where do you plug in? We're working out, where do we, what church do we go to? What does that look like? You know, who are we building friends with? We knew nobody in our area. And then I'm lying, we're planning an annual conference with Heaven and Business. We knew it wasn't gonna be in Reading this year, but where exactly was. And through some prophetic words and connections, we thought, well, it's Atlanta. Well, where in Atlanta would you go other than Bethel, Atlanta? But I'd never been here before. And so we reach out, we've got some connections with Dan and Lauren, and we talk through the possibility. And I'm lying in bed, and I'm praying praying negative. Do you guys ever do that, like complaining? <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh man, would anybody come? Like, how would I do this? Like, I don't have Bill, and I don't, Bill Johnson, like if he was here, it would all be easy. And, or if Chris was here, it would be easy, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to have those. But God, I, I don't know, would anybody come? I'm gonna lose money. All of that, that prayer is not very good. You realize that. But in the middle of that, this thought pops across my head. God is so kind. Leif Hetland. I'm thinking, I wonder where, it, I, I don't personally know Leif Hetland. I don't have his phone number. Uh, I, I've never met him personally and had connection with him, but I, I don't know where he lives on the east on the east coast. But I'm just if this I'm wondering if this is God. So I go onto his website. You know how people never respond on their websites. Um, so I, I do the contact us like the contact us on the website. Say hey, Leif. Um, I, I've had some contact with him through Danny Silk. So I reach out and say. 
like this is what we're doing, looking to do, having an event. Uh, not 100% sure where it's going to be yet, but um, would you, you know, what would be involved in having you as a speaker? And I'm thinking, he's this guy that goes to Pakistan and talks to millions of people. Don't know what he does with business people, but if it's God, let's see. And I said, Lord, if this is you, let him respond within 12 hours, which where I came from in Reading, that's a miracle. <laughs> and they respond within six hours. I have a meeting with him, which is one hour, and talking about what God is doing in and through business people in the United States. And I'm just like, this is God. And I said, okay, I've got one other thing. I'd Like, this is gonna be amazing. This, I heard God. I heard God. That's the testimony. I heard God. You heard God. And then I'm like, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. And then I'm like, okay, we just need to get it signed off. And he goes, well, do you realize that I live like seven minutes down the road from Bethel? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's gonna, that's gonna save me money. I don't have to fly him anywhere. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I heard God, I heard God. Like, and then, and then I text him back I, and I just was texting backward and forward with Dan. You know, the board needs to sign off that we'd have you business people in, in this beautiful building. Like, could we trust you in here? And I didn't know what this was like, so I didn't know the level of which you'd need to trust us. And so I text Leif, hey, Leif, I'm just waiting to hear back from the board. And he texts me back, yeah, I'm on that board. And we get to have, we get to be in here. I walk in here. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. This is, and so the last three days, watching business people walk out these doors, having lunch all around the lake and spreading and interacting and talking and praying for each other. It was just ridiculously beautiful. So I just, my testimony is thank you. Thank you that heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool, and he's found a place here because you've cultivated a place for him to dwell. So is it okay if I bless? Okay, so if you want to get blessed, stand up. We just got to have time with Blake, and Blake said to you, There's, we have an angel of finance with us, so it's the, like I'm figuring, well, we're not there to do nothing. Let's... let's I want to bless you. And I just release the grace on our lives. So Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you. Thank you that uh, this place is a place where you call home. You can dwell here. You feel welcome here. That's not everywhere, but you're welcome here. And I just want to thank you. So we just say, you're welcome. Come more. Come more. Come more. So Father, with the grace that's on our life uh, that you've given to Janine and I, Lord, to accelerate people in purpose and destiny, to release in them the resources to stamp your approval and when you know you're approved by God, you don't have to prove yourself. Lord, we just take that grace and anointing and I just release that into this place. And we call forth the resources that pays off the debt of this building and this land that releases an acceleration in our momentum to go further, faster, stronger and longer. Lord, the dreams that have been planted and dug and cultivated and stewarded in this place, that they bear forth so much fruit that Psalm 126 happens. Hasn't the Lord been good to them? When the Lord brought back the captives from Atlanta, we were like them who dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. And then they said among the nations, hasn't the Lord been good to them? Hasn't the Lord been good to us? And we are glad. Okay, put your hands together and just give a shout out to Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There are giants in our midst. We are a blessed people. We just receive. That's such a, a great investment in a deposit today. Well, um, it is our pleasure to hear from Leif Hetland. Before I call him up, we just, we just honor you, Leif. You've just paid such a high sacrifice and such a high price. And the intimacy with the Father that he imparts as he shares is just ours to step into. So I just encourage you today to just receive from Leif as he shares. And I'm going to cue the video. Um, and we're just, we have giants in our midst. It's, an, it's incredible. And I just want to be hungry people 
who receive and step into all that God has called us to. All right, thanks. Testing? Okay, it's working. Wonderful. Uh, how many of you were here during this uh, uh, Heaven in Business event? Uh, just wave to me. Let me see. Yes, yes, yes. Can we just again, just welcome them again. Let's just... I was very deeply touched uh, the last few days. Uh, of the hunger, actually, Micah came up to me and he was just describing, I mean, because he was there at the book table. And that also says a lot, but it was just, they were standing in line just to be able to get material. There was such a hunger. Uh, and, and it did something in my heart also, Steve. Just, uh, uh, there was about a 10 year period of time, actually, we were talking about it, Andy, that I think it was 20 some years ago, I did a a, similar like a heaven and business. It was actually Bethel. It was one of their first one I think they had about some 20 years ago. And it was Lance Walden and myself who did an event there. And over the years, I had maybe about 10 years that I did a lot of marketplace and did some conferences. But I realized some of the things we talked about, I, I, I knew that it had to be not orphans climbing another mountain and getting up to the top, but it had to be sons and daughters that represented the father's business and they're doing what the father was doing and seeing what the father and to be able to bring glory to the father. And I knew that heaven on earth is a family business. And that's why it was such a privilege because for about 10 year period of time, there was so much of even with all of these mountains was, was orphans that was going to take over these mountains. Instead of sons and daughters, they'll learn how to receive that mountain. And so much of the value system is to train people to be powerful lions without the lamb's heart. And sometimes when they roared, uh, people would scatter instead of gather because it didn't come from the lamb's heart. So I felt that the, even the emphasis when Janine and, and Andy asked, but I, I realized in our conversation on the phone that the value system was to enlarge the hearts of the people. And that is being so overwhelmed by him that nothing else can overwhelm. And just to be able to see that it is actually God. Uh, uh, it starts with God and it ends with God. So this was about heaven, heaven in business. So that, that was something that was birthed back. And I just also wanted to share a little bit with the family. Uh, I was in Houston, Texas last week. And it was another area that was redemptive for me personally speaking. For quite a few years, about 10 years, I invested in Houston. And we had a church there. Some of you maybe knew Dr. Bob Phillips. And we poured in and it was literally a place similar like Bethel Reading that was hosting heaven. But some different things happened and actually eventually Bob, who was a covenant friend of mine, we traveled around the world. Uh, he introduced me to his family, people like Carlos Anaconda and Pablo Batari and all of his stream. And I brought him with me to Pakistan and different parts of the world. He was a covenant brother. But when he died, something in me died. So I had Papa Jack that died, and then Bob Phillips died, and Todd Bevan, who was a marketplace guy who traveled with me for 15 years around the world. So I'm about to head to Houston, Texas, and when I'm landing, I didn't realize I was going through a grief and pain, and it was darkness, but I didn't know that for all these years, I've stayed away from Houston. And because there was all these memory stones we had invested in, but you felt you lost the investment and everything was gone. And when I came to Houston, I suddenly realized somebody that had betrayed Bob or Bob felt betrayed. I just reached out in love and because I made sure there's no one offense in my heart towards anyone there, but just, I just reached. 
And to make that story short, that while I was there, God just restored everything in Houston that the enemy had taken away from Houston. And I felt this as a word for some of us that Jesus came to save that which was lost. It didn't say just those that was lost, but that which was lost. And uh, so I felt even there in the marketplace, there was about a 10-year window. It is not that the doors was not open, but I knew there was just a season to shift this in. And then when I was here, I realized some of the things that we were dreaming about in the marketplace is taking place. And, and I had the honor and the privilege to be part of it. And then in our home church, in our family, and, and they, hosted, they hosted the people so well. And to watch business people all over here in the presence of Jesus praying for one another and blessing one another. If one gets success, everybody gets success because this is a family business. Uh, it's not that orphan world where we compete with one another, but sons and daughters that are completing one another. And just to be able to see a culture of celebration where we celebrate one another and starts to see the gold in one another. But it was also a place of vulnerability where you could come with weaknesses. And you could come with your scars. So I'm just putting that into perspective because I feel like I'm just in a very tender place. And just going to be very, very honest. I give a little of background behind this message. Uh, by October, I'd actually just been in Brazil again with uh, Randy Clark. And we were doing the voice of the Apostle Brazil. It was a phenomenal time. It was about two things last year that impacted me. The first one was in May during one of our events in Brazil. And I was actually laying on the floor. Heidi was on the floor and I was on the floor. And I had an encounter while I was on the floor. But it was one of those I, I prefer not to have the encounter because I knew that some people say, hey, Moro, you're going to have a double portion. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> I cannot even handle a half a portion because I realized also the fear of the Lord is in this season is to stew what God has given you. And so I just realized, it. so in a moment, I felt the Lord had a word over me and had an encounter. I'm like, I just kind of ignored it. It's like, no, this is too much, too big, because I realized that some of the words he's spoken over me in the past, when you became pregnant with that, I knew what it cost. It cost family, it cost health, it cost everything. So from a seed, from a seed of revelation or impartation or prophecy to go through, uh, even just there that you're going to see a million Muslims say uh, that started in June 6, 1995, but it was not before 2013 we passed the million mark. Uh, but there was a broken neck, broken back, body cast, and to see what my family went. So I'm just putting that into perspective because now what God is speaking was so much larger than that. So it's kind of a, so I was enjoying to some degree. Wow, we had started, and many of you being part of our master. Uh, we have bought a mastermind group, but it was a master class and new products, and people are out there and have a nice business, and it's prospering, it's being blessed. And then in the next moment, Leif Hetland Ministry is just exploding. And Tuesday, I'm flying to Australia, and I'm going in two major Planet Shakers conferences. And so that side of it is just so wonderful. So last year was my best year ever personal when it comes to so many different things. But I knew this encounter, what he's inviting me into, it is to lay everything down at the altar again. It costs everything because it is in a place of surrender that is a place of exchange. And so, so I realized at least that with my history with God, I knew that again. And then, as I was saying, the last encounter in Australia, no, excuse me, in Brazil, it happened again. And I just felt he said, you're going to raise up one million ambassadors of love. I've seen a million people getting saved, but you're going to raise up a million ambassadors of love. And then also, you're going to also raise up a million lighthouses of love. And I was going to show a little video and a couple of pictures. It was my fault I didn't get that early enough. But early this morning, I just saw the picture of this Afghan woman that's just selling her 10-year-old daughter because she doesn't have food. And so it's just some of those pictures. It's not that I wanted to feed myself, but I get these stories of things that is broken. And I realize all over, these Afghan women are selling their children. So this little 10-year-old girl is going to be a bride to somebody, be purchased, uh, mainly just because there was no food. So I'm sitting there feeling the one side of me is just broken. It is the lamb in you. And that's why I say you have authority over what you weep over. And then you have authority where you love. So I started just to send some of those things. Let me see, which is this the video or pictures, John? Pictures. Okay. I, I, I thought by just showing a couple of those pictures that kind of a, 
a couple of things to celebrate, but also to just to highlight. I just want to share a little bit with my family, and I do have a message, and it's going to be hard because I have 20 minutes left. <laughs> I, I thought of, I wanted just to honor a couple of people. This is Dr. Marcus Fida, the small guy. Two of those muftis, one of the Imam and Mulana Abdul Khabir Assad is the other one. He's actually been to the previous location in our church. He's the grand imam, the top Muslim leader in Pakistan. And then you will see this is another Father Khanan, who is the Pope's representative when it comes to peace and harmony. But the reason I wanted to put Marcus Fede is another one. This last week, we celebrated 50 years of preaching the gospel. He lives in Pakistan. And I remember when his brother died. I've just been through this journey, and for 28 years he's been with me as a coordinator. So I just sense that in my heart that some people are, get to see what I'm doing, but there's all these true heroes. And Marcus Fida, I just want to share him with you that for 50 years he's woken up every morning, and I know hundreds of times that he could have given up. But he gets back up again, and he continued to represent light and love. So when we're talking over the one million, he has lived there. I, I get to come home here. And he stayed in the middle of the persecution. And we have lost a lot of different lives. So I just wanted to share and, and honor Dr. Marcus Fida. Just a couple of more pictures this morning that came to my spirit to share with you. Uh, we just had a graduation from our Bible college. Some of you maybe didn't even know that. Yeah, just give Jesus a good hand. And in the Muslim world, we are graduating women too. Yes. We just had a whole group of women pastors and evangelists. We're the only group that ordained them and empowered daddy's little girl. And, and so God is raising up the women also in the middle of the Middle East. And took over 20 years. I never got to see Muslim women because of the context. But the last three years, God has opened even the Muslim women as the door opened. So it's just a, this amazing thing. But I thought about those people because after we had a graduation, they placed themselves in the offering plate. And they just made himself available. And I know it's going to cost when they kiss their wife goodbye. Or wives are being raped. Or their children are being taken away. Or what they are going through. Because again, they realize when they're being ordained. And now they, their life belongs to him. And you no longer live for yourself. You, love, you live for Jesus. And it costs everything. So I just felt this same thing. I didn't know, Steve, you were going to talking about that. But I felt this Isaiah thing. They placed themselves in the offering plate and said, here am I, send me now and my assignment is to help each one of them going into the villages now to become a lighthouse of love where God has called them to bring, bringing healing and then even to be people that can provide, provide food for those Afghan women so they don't have to sell their children to the Taliban. And just some of those things is what burns in my heart. So when I realized that when he said a million lighthouses of love and I'm like... Honestly speaking, I said, no, I don't, I don't want that. But then it happened in October. And then I got a diagnosis of a health situation where I can't do it. Uh, I'm missing the bone in my inner ear and a couple of other major health issues. So I, in one sense, you're waiting for a surgeon says, you can't travel, you can't do these things. And then the other side, you have something that is prospering, blessing. And then you're realizing that God has invited you into something that is impossible and I'm not saying that to whine, I'm saying it to a family for you to pray with me in this season of transition because I realized that I have this holy ambitions, Romans 15, 20, as Paul said, and that is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ones who have never heard, lest I build on anybody else's foundation. That's what Paul says in Romans 15, 20. So what Paul said, there's something burning in me. I have this holy ambition. The verses before, I came there with signs, wonders, and miracles, but I had to go from Jerusalem and all the way to Illyricum. I went on this journey. It didn't matter if I got shipwrecked or whatever it took on this journey because I have this holy ambition. I wake up every morning. I have this fire in me and my ambition. And then he quoted in the verse afterwards in 21. He actually quote one verse from Isaiah. So the people have not understood, is not heard, they are going to hear. So he had one verse. That's what his holy ambition was based upon. And he wake up every morning as we saw. And he's sacrificing everything to make sure the gospel. So he's apologizing to the conferences, to the churches, to his people. I'm sorry I couldn't come to you yet. I've been a little distracted. You maybe understand why. Because I have this holy ambition. I need to make sure that Jesus is being preached to the ones that has never once heard this good news. And I'm starting there in Jerusalem. I'm going to go on this journey all the way to Illyricum. Anyway, so a couple of more pictures. And then I don't know if you saw the one there with the, the Taliban. Did you get that? Uh, no, excuse me. The, 
Okay, we can stop there then. Yeah, here. So here's one of those examples, some of the women. We just, we had about a thousand that we just delivered food packages. And uh, so, so we were part, we had about six different times throughout this year where we just done these mass outreaches. And this is one with the Taliban. But I wanted to share with our family because I normally don't share these things, but these pictures of these women. And again, it is people, 20 million women and girls that when we made the decision to move out quickly and Taliban came in, the oppression that took over and what these girls and women are going through that is hiding behind a veil. And it was, again, when you place yourself in that offering basket and make yourself available again, then, then uh, for one week I just wept and there was something in me. It's this, this holy, holy ambition that we do need to open up that curtain. We do need to open up. We need to plant lighthouses of love all over Afghanistan because they're removing away the believers out of Afghanistan. So there's nobody there. But we need to plant lighthouses of love to minister and, and release the liquid love of Papa God to his girls. So this became one of those. And I've already done two trips in there. And in August, heading again, but just sensing it's time to going in and again. But so I'm laying down. So many of you are taking masterclass. There would not be another masterclass because I'm just laying that down. We have it as a product. If you want all those videos, you spent two years building something. God says, are you willing to lay it down? So we have laid down the masterclasses and the business. We're laying all of that down. Why? Because I have this holy ambition. I cannot allow to say no to them by saying yes to anything else. And you need to have a big enough yes if you're going to be able to say no. And I don't know what you're waking up. And this is no guilt for anybody else. Paul had that holy ambition. And Timothy had another holy ambition. And I know there's marketplace people that have their ambition. I was thinking about William Tyndale the other day, and I just heard about this one name of a guy. And I'm like, do you know this name? I said, no, I don't. But do you have the Bible? I said, yes. Do you have it in English? Yes. Who translated that? William Tyndale. But who was the business guy that paid for it? And I looked it up. And there was one person who had a holy ambition and he connected, he was put in prison. He used his ships, he put all of this thing aside. And William Tyndale gave all the, there's this guy that came behind me and he supported, he makes sure that, and as a result, we have the English Bible today. Because one guy took his business, he was among those three, Steve, that placed it in the offering plate and just said, hey, it belongs to you. And then as a result of that, so I was just looking at some of those things. Anyway, I don't even know how to start a message that was in me, but I'm going to try. Are you guys okay? I just, this is my family time. And uh, because I do need some prayer in this season. Uh, I know there's some of the business guys that are here, but the, this is also my family and I'm having an opportunity. So in my next season, uh, it's going to be a time to go deeper before I can go wider. It is to go into his presence, to be so overwhelmed by him that nothing else can overwhelm you. It's to be able to see his face so that when I'm looking at Taliban, I don't see a problem, but a promise. Because we do not have a darkness problem, but lack of light. I'm also heading in in August to one of the country where there's zero percent believers. And there's 130 ethnical groups that is not in heaven that have never had a gospel over 2,000 years. And so again, my holy ambition in the next five years is to plant lighthouses of love, meaning kingdom family in the middle of all of those places that will bless those community and make it hard for people to go to hell and easy for people to go to heaven. And if you're a universalist, I'm sorry for offending you. But 10 out of 10 people, everybody's going to die. But Jesus is still the way and he's still the truth and he's still the light. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. This is the urgency that keeps me getting off. But anyway, I was going to talk about Isaiah 6 today. And I am going to be able to just give a quick outline. So let me just fasten your seatbelt. But it starts in Isaiah 6, if you take notes or so. It was in the year King Uzziah died. This is very significant. It was in the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6.1. Why is this very important? Because when we are thinking about what does that have to do with us, actually a lot. Little history lesson, if you remember David. I mean, eventually, it took David some time. He conquered Judah and eventually unified all of Israel and all the 12 tribes together. He established the kingdom, eventually gave it over to Solomon. And then there was another king, and this king, his name was Uzziah. Say Uzziah. 
The name Uzziah means the strength of Yahweh, meaning the strength of God. So imagine that you are named, even as a little child, that you are going to be the strength of God or the strength of Yahweh. And he was only 16 years old when he became a king. And this king is probably among the top two, three kings in all Israel. I mean, for 52 years, he ruled and he reigned. He took what we would call the seven mountains. If you're studying his life, the economy was amazing. He, he influenced, he created a catapult. They had creativity. Because in humility, his name is the strength of Yahweh. He tapped into God's ability, grace. And he ruled and he reigned and the people loved him and they prosper. If you did a vote, you would find about 100% of the people, they would vote for him. I mean, he was very popular because everyone was blessed and the nation was blessed because when the righteousness ruled and that's what he ruled with righteousness. But something happened in this journey with Uzziah from operating in the strength of Yahweh, he started to operate in his own strength. And the picture is he got leprosy. And when he one day starts to look and he recognizes, he started to upright outside his area of anointing. So if you're called to be a king, you start to operate as a priest. And I'm not saying there's not the priest or king in you, but I'm just describing he started instead of what God had called him to do, he started going outside his. There was grace when he stayed within his lane. And some of us, we are burning up the oil because we're not in the lane that God has called you to run. So be yourself and stay within your lane. So when he stayed in his lane, he was burning oil, oil of intimacy, and he was light. But when he stepped outside that, and then he got leprosy. And the crisis was going on. King, if you're studying the Isaiah, the, there was crisis going on at this time period. Isaiah was the prophet. And some of the business guys in our church know my chair language, but he was a chair two prophet. I mean, now and then he visited chair one, but in Isaiah chapter five, you would say, woe was them, or woe was that group, or there's the Democrat, there's the Republican, there's the mask, or no mask, or I mean, he would, woe was them, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and part of the reason he could do it because his political party, the one that he voted for, actually, he was related thing to Uzziah. So he had all this favor when the system was in his place. But when Uzziah died, he has a crisis moment. And there's this crisis moment at the moment when King Uzziah died. Who am I? Where am I? What do I have? What and he goes to the, the Bible says, I saw him. So the season, and we are in a season where a lot of Uzziah's dies in this season. And anything where we operate in our own strength and everything else is actually dying. And when there's been certain leprosy that is coming in, it is also time to just let go and lay down the Uzziah's in our lives. But that's also the invitation for a fresh new encounter. That's what we're experiencing in this season. In the year when King Uzziah died, I saw him. Who did you see? I saw him. I saw God. I saw him. And he was high and lifted up. He was not nervous about what's going on in America. He was not nervous about what was going on in the world. He is sitting on the throne and he is ruling and he is reigning. You're getting the proper perspective. You're coming into an alignment. When you see him, everything changes. So my question would be, what are you seeing in this season? What are some of the Uzziahs that we need to let go of? And that's what I'm in the process of having to let go. It's the first day for my office. They don't have to take care of a lot of the master classes and a lot of other things. Because all hands on board. And it is also for Battle Atlanta. It's back to clear vision. And the provision will follow this vision. But clearly, this is who we are. This is what it's called us to be. This is this holy ambition. This is what, why we are here. There's no distraction. It is that focus and back to that focus. And that's what, when I saw him high and lifted up, seated on the throne. And then the Bible says the train of his robe filled the temple. And we're going to have a filling taking place when we see him. And he's going to overwhelm us so much that nothing else can overwhelm you. The train of his robe and even the woman who touched the hem of the garment is the same word used in Hebrew. When that garment, it just fills this temple, but also this temple. And then everything shook. And then eventually when Isaiah saw it, he see, I'm mean, just putting a couple of highlights here. He saw the whole earth is filled with glory. He didn't say the whole earth is full of glory. 
The whole earth is full of darkness, division. Oh, do you see what's happening with bricks? And the dollars maybe not. And we can just go to the list of everything that the enemy is doing because we don't see what God is doing. First, we have to let go of the Uzziah before. Whatever is that Uzziah. And I realized that some of the things is what I rely on. And I, I'm pretty good at creating certain system until when you see him. And you see him high and lifted up. You see his face, you hear his voice, and again, you make yourself available. Like Steve said, you put yourself again in an offering plate and say, I'm like a coin in your hand. Oh, I have to share a little testimony that came to my mind. I shared just privately with a few business. I think it was, we had lunch together, but it was one of those moments I wouldn't even share with the church, but on one of our trips to Pakistan, we needed $73,280. And I met a few people, business guys, and I knew I could help God. But then I knew I also had to birth an Ishmael. What do you mean by that? That means God speaks something to me, but I find a Hagar to help God. Because I cannot see how to do it. So let me help out with that little promise, God. And I've had some Ishmael that I had to feed and burp and take care of for many years. So I've wrestled with this. It was the last wrestling match. And so eventually we came in and, and the voice of the prophets was going on and a couple of other major events. And I was invited to speak to this big, nice event. And I knew this is large honorariums and it's all those things. And the opportunity in this setting would have been, wow, that I mean, if, they just, if I even told a leader who knows me, take up an offering, that would be met. But instead I felt, no, this little church in Virginia, go to this church. And when the pastor picked me up, uh, he had just been hunting and the pickup didn't smell very good. <laughs> and he was talking loud on the phone with some construction crew. The dove left me and I had pigeons. <laughs> and by the time we got to the hotel, I had no more oil left. So I was going to go into my room and try to get a little oil. I about 30 minutes, but they were 40 minutes late to pick me up. And when I got there, it was supposed to be 400 people. There was 12 people. And I'm like, I'm a little offended by this, and the worship didn't help me. <laughs> I apologize if you guys are out there watching some of those 12. <laughs> Let me repent. I'm just being honest, but this is family time. So I'm like, and then in a moment, it was standing there worship. I was trying to, it's like, I mean, I was whining instead of shining. But in a moment, God just rebuked me. He says, when did you start to tell me what you were supposed to do? You are a coin in my hand, and you said that I could spend you in whatever way I want to. Why not you too big? I was like, and he spanked me. I went down on my face in the front of those people, and I wept, and I said, I'm so sorry. I just laid myself down and allowing the poison to get out of my system, whatever it was. And then I came up on that floor, and I just started to worship with a few people. And I came up there, and I preached like there was 80,000 people in the stadium. I mean, I... And then afterwards, invited, it was actually 17 people by then. So some came late and helped. So about 17 people. And I saw everyone came up. And I started to pray for them. And I went down the line, touched them and blessed them. And we came down the line. And I didn't know. And I, even afterwards, inner healing and deliverance. I mean, everything was like an hour and a half just pouring to those people. Just gave everything. Until I had nothing left. Came to my room, felt wasted. I felt this little voice of Papa. Well done, son. You loved well. And anyway, so Greg Haswell, who is a friend of mine, I was meeting with him. He's going with me as part of my team going on that trip. I think Tariq was also on that trip. Yeah, there you are. And so it's the day before, and we need his money. If not, we can't do this stadium. We can't do this event. We can't do everything else. And I even have a few people calling me, but I knew that it had to be a supernatural seed if it was going to be a supernatural harvest. It has to come from him to go through him to go back to him. So I'm in the middle of this tension. So Greg is coming in and he says, Leif, we have some money in the church. And, and I know that you still have a few weeks before you can get the money. But then at least we have the stadium. We can get the event. We're sitting at Houston restaurant. And I said, well, Greg, I, this is very gracious of you, but I can't. And Greg is like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. 
And I know the next day we're going to need this. And I'm leaving Houston Restaurant up on Peachtree Road in, in, in the bucket area. As I'm driving off at that moment, my office called me. You wouldn't understand. Somebody just called us. And you remember you went to that little church and there was those few people. One of those people on the floor and he just had an encounter with God. And suddenly this money came to him and he was going to give 10% of that was $73,820. <laughs> I know you pick up the, oh, I have 10 minutes before you pick up the children. Ah, that's what, are you guys okay? <laughs> I get to do 16 services at Planet Shakers, two conferences, and wow, so I get to speak enough. <laughs> I saw him, I saw him high and lifted up the train of a rope, then suddenly the next moment, holy, holy, holy. When I see him, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth, Atlanta, is filled with his glory. Tyrone is filled with his glory. Washington, D.C., there's glory everywhere. But I have not seen the glory because I've seen all the mud that I didn't see, the gold and the treasure. Forgive me. And after when I see who he is, I get to see who I am. I am the man with un I'm the man with unclean lips. The problem is not the Taliban. The problem is not darkness, but a lack of light. I'm the one with unclean lips. And now I can identify with the people. That's the ministry of reconciliation. The reapers and Papa God before people and people before God. And I live among the people that are struggling with their sexual identity. I live among the people where billions of dollars be financed into darkness. I live among the people. These are my neighbors. These are my people. These are my people. And I have been placed as salt and light among those people. Instead of what was them? No, woe was me. Holy, holy, holy. And I know the seraphim was going up and down too, holding the hands and the eyes and feet. And two, actually, only two was working, four was resting. The six wings of the seraphims. And then we're going in here, is what I want you to see. Then this one seraphim came. I'm just taking a few more highlights out of it. Took a coal from the altar of heaven. And why would he use a tongue to take a coal from the altar of heaven? Angels are made of fire. Why would he use a tongue? Because there is a coal of fire for each one of us. And he's customizing it. So he's going up. He's taking that. There's one for you. There's one for Steve. There's one for Andy. There's this coal of fire at the altar of heaven. And he comes down with it. And he said, he touched my lips. The first part of that fire, the branding. That was the name of the title of my message this morning. Branded by the flames or the fire of God's love. I felt he put his branding on us today. That was the, whoa, the sacrifice. And he branded that sacrifice with his love. Touches the lips and the lips starts to burn. And he starts to cleanse the lips for anything unclean that has come out of the lips. But the second thing the fire does, he sets him on fire. You cannot stop me. There's a fire. There's something burning in me. There's a fire in me. He cleanses your lip and then he sets you on fire. And you're becoming a burning one that burns brightly without burning out. Because you're burning oil, oil, oil of intimacy with your lover. Something starts to burn. But here's what I felt. And then we're going to land this. As the lips is on fire, I want you to capture this, Blake. His ears open up. He was hearing. It was not that God was speaking, hey, Bethel Atlanta, hey, you, and here's your calling, anything else. No, it's in a moment when we have our lips on fire and we place ourselves in this position. When your lips are on fire, he listened in on a conversation in heaven. It's not that the heaven is speaking to him. But he's listening in on the conversation, what heaven is talking about. Just read it. And the question between the Father, Son, and Spirit, who am I going to say? All these things is going on in the business world. All of these things is going on in Washington, D.C. These things is going on in Kashmir. Here's what's happening in Afghanistan. Here's what's happening around the world. And I was just wondering, who will go? Who, who can I send and who will go for us? Say us. That's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, us. It didn't say who would go for me. Yeah, it's a family conversation in heaven. Yeah. And at this moment, he's listening in on what heaven is talking about. Make himself available. <laughs> Little old me. 
I know there's so many other people qualify for this nation, for that. When I was in Brazil, there's so many other people. Could you? But if not, here am I. Send me. Let's stand to our feet. And if you need to pick up, you have about six minutes. But I felt there was a time for all of us. It is in this place of total surrender is also the place of exchange. And I feel that there is this beautiful grace, grace, grace for me and for us. We're living in a season. I was going in talk about Haggai, the shaking that's going on and the purpose of the shaking, including the water. And then the end of the book of Hebrew, the shaking that's going on and anything that can be shook is going to be shaken. There is a lot of shaking going on. Shake, baby, shake. <laughs> but the purpose of the shaking is so that the desire of the nation is going to be really. That's what it is. So that something is coming out of the shaking. Jesus is the desire of every single nation. Taliban doesn't know it yet. Kashmir doesn't know it yet. And there's people in America don't know it yet. People in the classroom don't know it yet. But this shaking is going to reveal something that is unshakable in our life. In Isaiah, he was no longer shook. Whoa! Because he has seen him. The train of the robe filled his temple. The fire had touched his lips. He could hear again the conversation in heaven. And I don't know what is your area. This is not so much about you having clarity about your purpose. Or I am going to, this is just a simple little thing for me, my family, my finances, just what I'm doing in this season. That we trust him. This is an offering today, Battle Atlanta. And I'm going to take up a big offering today. And it is not about money. Your life is the offering. And I just saw this is an offering plate. And you're just placing trust yourself with your life. For some of you, I know the Gen Z. I felt it in my spirit. Some of you, philanthropy. You're just feeling this injustice, knowing and we heard it even during this event that billionaires is financing the kingdom of darkness. And you say, why are we not coming in with the resources to invest in light? And some of those business guys, as soon as you capture, that's the main thing. Suddenly you're going to start to see you can be entrusted to hear the conversation of heaven. Anybody here that would like to hear the conversation in heaven over your life? And just make yourself available. Here am I. I just sense, let's take couple of minutes, but just run up to the altar if that is you. But I felt like what Steve was saying so clearly is that you are the fireplace and he just wants to come with the fire. And this is no manipulation in it. I'm just saying I'm in a vulnerable place as one of the papas in this house. I'm in a place where I'm realizing there's some things I need to let go of because some of the Uzziahs in my life needs to get go. I don't know how to be able to do it. Some of the provision, I don't know how to do that in the next season. And it is good. I don't need anything. I need him. Yes, yes, yes. And I need to see him. Yes. And I need to see him high and lifted up. Yes. So Father, I just thank you so much for my family. Yeah. I thank you for all of these laid on lovers. And I thank you, Jesus, the pearl that is so beautiful and valuable. That when they saw that pearl, they were willing to sell everything to get hold of that pearl. I thank you, Jesus, that you are that treasure that is hidden in the field. When he saw the value of that treasure, he sold everything to get hold of the whole field. I thank you, Jesus, you are the desire of the nation. And I just, first of all, remove away any guilt, or any condemnation, or any area where you're listening wrong. This is not about... You suddenly feeling that this is your holy ambition and it needs to be the same as mine. But he has placed the holy ambition in each one of the sons and daughters. And you're going to stay within your lane and you're going to burn brightly without burning out. So over you and your family and your future, I thank you that it's going to be a funeral of some Uzziahs. And Uzziah, the old season or whatever that is, we just... We honor what it was, but we cannot go back there any longer. We bury those Uzziah, and we are looking up, even when life doesn't. And we see you, oh, and we see you high, 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 and lifted up over our life, over our finances, over our marriages. You're ruling, and you're reigning. Justin, 
want to dawn. And if you need to bring the children, but Father, just come with that holy fire right now. Holy, holy fire. We're just making ourselves available, belonging to you. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. I have this one life to live and so much love to give that I just place that. is not something we need to try it's just we're just saying yes you have already said yes to yes. us yes. that's all it takes just we just said yeah I don't know what it means so yes. the fullness but he sees your yeses he sees your lives don't do this thing where you feel inadequate or you need to get clean to take a bath or anything else you don't just come right now and just as you are and allow him to <laughs> father just remove any of the uncertainties Father, I just want to bless the faithfulness. And because of that, you're going to have the fullness of faith. Never measure because of your faithfulness. That is. No sufficient feed the multitudes. And the 12 baskets left over. Don't forget the 12 baskets left over. Whoa. Don't forget the 12 baskets left to us. You are those 5,000 men plus women and children that you feed with what he's placed in you. The bread, the bread, the fresh bread that you carry. And the 12 baskets. Always more than enough. Wow. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.